You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, I have a special treat for listeners of this show. I want to give you folks a $20 Visa gift card for just writing a short email. Let me tell you about it. I've created a new show called The Man-Made Podcast. It's all about improving your life and functioning better as a human. It's hosted by me and a brilliant behavioral health therapist called Sean Helvey. Over the years, I've had the pleasure of having many fascinating conversations with Sean, and recently I wanted to record them so that anybody could benefit from his knowledge. Sean has an incredible gift of helping people through times of anxiety, depression, adjustment disorder, and ultimately guidance to a more functioning, happier life. We discuss topics from healthy living, to sleep, cultivating strong friendships, to dating, and many more. And for my listeners who follow the link in the episode's description, listen to any of the conversations with Sean on the Man Made Podcast, and then email this show with your thoughts on that episode. What you liked, what you didn't like, what you want to hear more of, etc. We just want to make the show more beneficial to the listener. Anything constructive. And the five best emails will get a $20 Visa gift card. Follow the link in the bio to find the show and tell us what you think. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. This is a show where we review Joe Rogan for those that are confused with the title. (laughs) Joined as always... Well, recently, by my good friend Peter. Well, hello, hello, How you doing, Pete. Not bad. How about you? Yeah, not bad, man. Not bad. Excited to get this review going. This week we got uh, Stavros. That guy's hilarious. Derek of More Plates, More Dates. And uh, if we have time, we do some DC. Good old Daniel Cormier. But uh, uh, to be fair, we get to hear enough about him on the UFC anyway. Love that guy, though. Love that guy. Yeah, he's grown All right, let's quite jump. a bit. Yeah, you know what? He was actually, like, hated on a lot kind of earlier on in his career in the UFC, and it was really for no reason. He was such a nice guy. But it was because there was, like, the feud between him and John Jones, that and freaking everyone loved everyone loved Jones, dude. So Jonesy, he's awesome. But, you know, Daniel's awesome, too. He is. He is. Legend, double champ. All right, let's jump into Stavros. Uh, new comedy special out. I watched like 10 minutes of it. I haven't had a lot of time this week, but uh, it's brilliant. He, he's so good. It just is. He's just, he's like pure comedy. You know when you watch Shane Gillis and you and and like it just seems clear that he's like a step or two ahead of a lot of the up-and-comers just because of like, how relaxed he is up there like he really just plays with it yeah and stavros does the same thing he just he loves what he does everyone loves him people love working with him and this podcast was 40 percent him just cracking joe up i mean he's a fun guy for sure yeah he's definitely likable super funny 
he seems like one of your uncles you just hang out with and sit down and have a few beers or some grappa because he is Greek. Right. <laughs> yeah. He'd be he'd be a great uncle to have, wouldn't he? He would. Yeah. Bless him. We got to get him working out though. You know, we need to keep him around a long time. Worried about his Yeah, his, his, B, his uh, BMI is a little dangerous. Yeah. A bit too many euros. He should go on the Mediterranean diet. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not on it. <laughs> Come on, get back to your your ancestry there. Uh, they open up with with uh, prof- university professors basically fucking their students for grades. Now, interesting topic to to get going with, but you know, you know, you know that was happening. It probably still is, but I mean, back in the day, that was like sixty percent of the reason any men wanted to become professors i would imagine yeah i'm, I'm definitely um it's sketchy right the the power for grade thing it's just you can't you can't do that it's it's the power and it goes both ways even if the person isn't that naive and vulnerable the the student you still have one over on the professor in that case you know it's both ways it's unsafe emotionally for sure it's a sneaky one, right? And I mean, also, what is it doing to the girls? You know, like they they are doing some of the work, but then they're also learning. Oh, all I need to do when I get to get my next job is sleep with him too. Mm-hmm. It's just like part and parcel with like how you get through your career, which you know leads to maybe OnlyFans ineptitude. Definitely mm. poor workplace performance. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you have three PhDs and you can't read. How is this possible? Meet me in the back back office and I'll show you how I got those. <laughs> well, is that even legal anymore? Can can professors do that? Yeah. I don't think that there's like a rule, is there? There's not a rule. There might there might be some institutions that have uh, you know, no PDA sort of stuff like that or it's probably up to the institution, but it's definitely yeah. sketchy. There might be some rules, like, it can't be a current or active student, you know, at, like, something like that, because that's that's a huge conflict, but... Yeah, well, I, I mean, I would if I could, but, well, I don't really want to bone any of my professors. <laughs> to get an A? Yeah. How badly do you want that A? I'll take a B. I'll be fine with my B. <laughs> Just study and get a B. It's fine. What about if it was a really hot teacher, and bear in mind, you know, you're a guy banging your female professor in this scenario, so it's not quite the same, but she's super hot, and she basically says to you, okay, we can, but I will actually have to lower you a grade point if we do it, just ethically, I Um, feel like that's... Would it be worth striving for the A just to get get in there and then get that B? Gosh... It's tough choice. I guess it depends how hot she is. I'm not hard up, so I guess I might just skip that one. <laughs> That's a great scenario to run, though. I like it. I would oh, like the and option. And then they jump over. They jump over to the doctors, using all their own sperm to like basically impregnate a whole town. You've heard about this that? This is a topic that, yeah, I've always been so fascinated with that. I think I've watched like two or three documentaries on different people that have done this. I mean, there was one guy I watched 
And he had, I think, 107 kids in his town. And the reason they found out is because there was, like, some, like, genetic inbreeding issue that had happened. Like, because the town just wasn't that big that some people that were kids of his didn't know, dated, had a child. And there was, like, this unusual genetic thing happening that only happens from inbreeding. That's kind of messed and that's up. That's how they traced it back to him. Oh yeah, it's completely fucked up. And he, I, I get, if I remember correctly, he wasn't a handsome lad either. Kind of a frumpy-looking, middle-of-the-road kind of guy, right? <clears throat> well, I can't remember which one that was um, for their case, but yeah, none of them stood out as studs. They were all just kind of well, they're sperm doctors. Yeah, you kind how, of no, yeah, like a failed gynecologist, basically. <laughs> that's right. Oh, gross. I, like, I like vaginas, but I like jerking off a lot more. What is their motivation in there? Like, do they think they have superior superior genetics, or they're mildly aroused or totally aroused by that? Well, you know, I mean, I guess there is an element of, like, wanting to literally sow your seed. But there also seems like this devious kind of I'm getting away with it motivation as well, which is which is a really strange one. Yeah, I don't see that. I can't put myself in that guy's shoes, to be honest. Yeah. I think the quick solution would just be, once they found out, he then owes back child support for 107 children, and that would probably just clean out the whole system. That'll learn him, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, and he has to go to all their birthday parties. Oh, God. <laughs> It's just <laughs> Christmas is a nightmare for that guy. <laughs> it just is the worst. His whole house is just presents. I mean, can you even remember 107 people's names? I guess you could. Not off the top of my head. If I saw their face, I would. It's one thing, but no. Yeah, there'd be a lot. A lot of Christmas cards going out. Mm. Yeah. They jump into to some comedy talk, of course. I mean. You know, these guys have put the work in, but talking about how comedy is, like, in a lot of ways seen as the lowliest art form, you know? And I, I guess that is true until you make it. I mean, when you're in L.A., for one, which is where a lot of comedians go to, you know, kind of, you know, hone their art, To if somebody asks you, if you, like, go on a date and they're like, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I'm an actor or I'm a comedian. You know, I do stand-up. It often was that kind of response. Like, I, I think even saying you're an actor, even when you've done very little, probably has more prestige than somebody that is doing the open mic circuit. Which is bullshit, because it's so hard to do. They're both hard. They're both difficult jobs. Yeah. But, like, to see it as, like, oh, you don't have anything going for you. I mean, maybe there's something to it. If, if you're talking about dating, because women are looking for a bit of security, and it's, it's tough to make it as a comedian. But, um, you know, it just is. It's like the, a lowly art form perceived. Other people doing stand-up appreciate it when they hear from other comedians, like especially if you're putting the work in, because we know how hard it is. Right. But it's not until you make it, right? Until you're making some money, until you're really kind of getting in there, and then... Nobody cares. 
nobody looks at it then as like you're an Uber driver. They're like, "Well done, you made it. That's incredible." Then you're just but a stand-up stand guy yeah. that Ubers. <laughs> right, which is common. That's very common too. Either that, or you just live in your car. Well, it's it is seen as lowly, but I I don't get it because you're a writer and a performer. You know, you have to be your own critic. You have to take the heat and then get back up there. It sounds tough. Actors get to practice written lines by stand-up comedians. They write their they write their stuff. You know, like right, yeah. There's a guy that Joe always talks about who's one of the best stand-up guys that Joe likes. I can't even remember his name, but he's solely devoted to writing. So these guys are behind the scenes. You can't diss that. No, and that's that's a big thing. And and also, credit needs to be given. Like, if there are plenty of people that say they're doing stand-up in L.A. or they're a comedian in L.A., and they're not putting the work in. They're not hitting the open mics three to four times a week. They're not making it their life and putting their all in and it is because it's hard and you can talk yourself out of it and it's a lot of discipline and you've got to be committed when you're in that boat yeah i get it i get it to say like you're just trying to say you do something but you're not really doing it but any comedian regardless of how good you think they are i knew this one girl and she was hard to watch because she had the most annoying laugh and she would laugh Mm. at her own jokes (laughs) yeah it was one of those cringe however she used to organize and put on a bunch of the open mics. And she just was always there. Always doing it. Always there. And she got really good really fast. And that's that hustle. And it's like it, my whole attitude about her changed. You know, I had a lot of judgments the first time I saw her. And a few times afterwards, like, oh, she's so annoying. I don't even want to talk to her. Which was totally unfair. I didn't even know her. But... After I saw her hustle and, like, how much she would push to, like, get people on shows and get herself up there and then watching her improve, like, that is the path. She put the work in. You can probably take – yeah, you could probably take somebody pretty unfunny and they could just hustle that hard and you're going to get significantly better. Will you ever be one of the main comedians, you know, touring? Probably not. But you you have a good chance of, like – at least developing your own voice and there's something really impressive about that that i think is missed on people you know it's a lot of other paths for a person who um cultivates that skill they can Mm -hmm. you take that fearlessness to anywhere no doubt yeah it 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 crosses over i mean just in your public comfort with speaking and and a lot of different things it's a very useful skill and it's an incredible adventure that most people will never get to experience like if you even kill on stage one time and remember this is relative like killing your own mind like you enjoyed it yeah they really felt you really felt like the audience had fun people were laughing that's the greatest feeling you could ever have you didn't bomb essentially yeah you didn't bomb. That's I could, That's my my level right now. If I didn't bomb, I would say that's a good a good night. That is a good night. That's a good night for even the top guys. I watched Bill Burr bomb once. Right, and while he was at the top of his game, he was on a, a John Delaney show in West Hollywood. He did it on purpose because he knew it would be like a hipster crowd, and there was this lady behind me that was just like 
audibly speaking like into the back of my ear not to me but to the person she was there with and was going oh that's just toxic that's just to-. like really like there were some people in the audience that did not care for him and he spoke to it too he was like yeah you guys don't like me at all do you like he <laughs> was just well, he is and, the king of crowd killing bombing oh he was he was yeah, he owned it like a champ, but he didn't really enjoy it. You could tell he was uncomfortable. Even John Mulaney came out after his bit of the set and was like, oh, I enjoyed that a lot. Like, kind of <laughs> making fun of Like, it. that was like, fun. They, yeah, they have a great sense of humor with all that. What, what are your thoughts on Cat Williams as a stand-up? Um, well, he has gone up and down in uh, his fame and also in my opinion of him. And now it's back up. But it, I, I've watched almost all his stuff. He's hilarious. Um, there's one time I'm pretty sure he was just really high on crack for one of his specials. I just <laughs> Was it I, the one where he was sweating profusely <laughs> the whole time? That's the one. Bit of a giveaway. Bit of a giveaway. And then he had a downfall with like uh, you know his anger. And he like hit a kid with his bike helmet. And like, he was trying to buy a bike helmet off some kid in the store. And the kid was like... No, I'm not going to sell you my bike helmet. And he just, he went downhill, but uh, he seems to be recovered. He seems to like make pretty stable commentary on, on life. He's so smart. He's hilarious. He is. He's not a guy you want to well, get in a wordsmith battle with, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, so, so Stavros brought up a video, uh, some clip of him on the radio talking to some you know, minor radio host that was trying to shit on him, and he basically just ripped her to pieces so hard for about 20 minutes that that chick's boyfriend, like, pulled a gun on him at a show. <laughs> like, how hard do you need to roast someone before their boyfriend wants to shoot you? I, I just mean, like that's to imagine legendary that status. Oh, yeah, just see him flailing about his his straight hair flying in the wind as he scampers from the scene into some like random warehouse. Yeah. He's still pretty like hood. F- he, he's got it together. Like he's got his wits mm. about him. He does. You can't catch Huge that belt gun. buckle. <laughs> you can't, he can fit in all kinds of small areas that so you'd never be able to chase him. Just scamper off. Well, he's so a legend hilarious. regardless. He really is. He really is. I do like him. All right. F- what else we Friday got for Oh, yeah. Wait, they did a Friday 3? Is it Friday 3 that he's in? Next Friday? Uh, Friday after next? Oh, yeah, I think it's the next one. Yeah, he's the, he's done some great characters, dude. He's he's a hilarious dude. And nuts. Also, the bike helmet video, I think that was, like, in a Walmart. Yeah. And it's all... Greens. Like, just everything about it was trash. Yeah. God bless him. But that was, was his crack phase. Brilliant. I hope he's I'm hoping he's off the off the sauce. Hmm. The devil's 100%. dandruff. It'll it'll take you down. They bless talk him. a little bit at the end about the, like dating habits, people that they're into. Stavros likes buff chicks. He wants some buff chicks. Talked about dating all the women that boss you around. Joe had had that phase where he dated you know, she was just like 25. She wasn't much older than him, but she was telling him he couldn't listen to certain music White and he sink. was into it because she was hot. Yeah. Have you ever dated an older 
women that boss you around? Have you ever dated any women that boss you around? Um, I like need a certain amount of bossing, and uh, I accept it. In their in their in the areas where I would like to be bossed around, I like a bit of bossing around. In the kitchen, in the bed is fine. You know, if I'm out of line, I do like a bit of you know. Hey, uh, well, maybe we shouldn't have the seventh whiskey soda. And we should probably <laughs> give me the keys or let's take an Uber. That's fine. But if someone's going to tell me not to listen to White Snake, I'll tell them to fuck right off. <laughs> that is, that's where I draw the line. Yeah. Be like, what? You're telling me I can't put on Queen Live Aid on YouTube for the ninth time this week? Like, no, Adam. That was the 80s. Stop it. And then I just crank the volume to 100 get, and sing Queen. Get your little vest on and dance around. I'm a huge fan. I can't help myself. Well, that's but, a, that is amazing but music. Yeah, productive, productive bossing. You know, there is a place for it. You know, especially in my early days of like, I think you're right. Yeah, like trying to drive home if you've had a few too many. And they're like, I didn't drink. I could just drive. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's actually really smart, and I should do that. Thank you. We need them. Women are important for uh, rascally fellows like us. They really are. And then they ended up with a Japanese sex study into squirting. And that, to me, was fascinating. So they basically paid a few guys, I assume, unless they did it pro bono. Just one One guy. guy? One guy. One guy, stud, to, uh, and he just had sex with women until they squirted. So they must have done a bit of a survey. Do you squirt? Yes. All right. You want to be in the study? Meet this guy. Get injected with some blue dye in their uh-huh. bladder to, uh, to to track it. And then yep. it turns out, yeah, it's probably 95% piss. We all knew it was piss. We didn't need a study for that. What what, is there, a special gland that just no one else is using? It didn't make sense. That makes a liter of projectile liquid from a vagina? No, that's that's your... I I don't even think that they need a study for it. Couldn't they just feed... A bunch of women asparagus and just be like, we're going to find out. Yep. You know, give them some beets, maybe. Okay. A little little red dye. I'm not a scientist, but I feel like that could help. Well, I'm glad the the Japanese got to the bottom of that one. I know. Thank God. Well, they cutting edge science, cutting edge science over there. Delving into the real issues. (laughs) They know what they're doing. They right. and it sounds like they did a, a very reputable study too. They had a lot. They had oh. it was very uh, by the books methodical. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen a make tea? <laughs> Takes hours. Come on. They don't mess. They don't mess around. Methodical people. All right. Let's jump over to good old Derek. More plates, more dates. So that's his YouTube, basically implying the more you lift the more dates you'll go on. There probably is a pretty reasonable correlation to that I could to some degree. Of course there is. I get behind it. Um, yeah, they open up with something Joe hasn't talked about for a long time, but um, Derek is lives in Canada. Well, at least he's Canadian. Um, doesn't really say too many of boots, but that's, you know, good. I can tell, though. I can still tell. You, 
You can tell, can't you? I can. You can. It's just, it's just not as cool of an accent as the American accent. I'll say that. I can. I'm English. Well, I'm allowed. I'll just uh, let you let you uh, take the lead on that one. I I don't mind the Canadian accent, but it is uh, it's sub it's subpar. Well, think of like cool shows from back in the day, like Miami Vice. Imagine like Toronto Vice. It just they wouldn't be able to pull it off. Mm-mm. The Ferrari would be stuck in the snow. Oh yeah, they're all talking about syrup. It just wouldn't. Nice flannel, eh? <laughs> they're all apologizing to the criminals. Is Toronto the the oh. uh, French side? I'm bad at my uh, Canadian no, geography. No. Yeah, let's not let's not even get in the weeds with that one. Yeah, it's the reeds next to the ice rink. Basically, nobody lives up there, really. If you look at where the people are, there's just like most of the land is just nothing. Sasquatch. It's like Australia. Sasquatches. That's it. Full of them. Full of them. But yeah, Joe's like, I don't want to go up there. He goes, I don't care for that Trudeau. They're trying to like talk about banning my podcast. Just seems wacky. You know, what are your thoughts on wh- what's going on up there? Um, I think that Trudeau is trying to please somebody else besides his people. He's he's trying to cater to someone else. Like it, he's taking Xi Jinping's lead on um, holding down dystopian control. Yeah, he's trying to hold the peeps down with their. He froze bank accounts when they tried to. Uh, donate to the trucker strike. He is limiting the availability of media. If, unless you have Canadian content, he's doing some uh, very scary stuff. For what reason? Uh, you know. But how is how is this stuff not obvious to everyone? Like number one, let's say you don't like the motivations behind what the truckers were doing. Um, you know, and not that it was like all about the vaccine it was just like the choice of these things and what freedom is right right and it but but let's say you're just like right i'm against that but also don't you also want to live in a society that allows people to not want to do something they don't want to it's they're not stopping you doing it it's just like okay well they don't like what i'm doing and they don't want to be forced to do it they've gone beyond liberalism into fascism conservatives have generally been the ones to suppress action you know banning abortion say and then you know and now they'll now it has gone beyond liberalism into the side that is fascist if you don't obey me then i hit you with a stick that's fascism if you it's it's authoritarian control in that regard that's what it seems like. It's scary. And I got some friends up there, good friends that are just, they're looking at us and saying, we'll be careful because, well, we're on the, heading down the same track, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to grab this everywhere. And and I, and I think if other countries haven't taught us anything, it's like once the certain freedoms are taken away, it's rare for them to come back. Exactly. It's much, much harder. Holding on to them, even if you're, like, unsure about it. I mean, just look at, like, all the TSA stuff. It's like before 9-11, it was just, like, walking through. Going to the airport on vacation was so fun. So much fun. 
It was like a celebration. You they greet you at the airport, like you just go through, you've got everything, probably a gun on you and a knife. They're like, get in here with that. Ounce of weed. Ten laptops. Yeah, just whatever you need. Full man. bottle full, full Vegas, bottle of lotion. I need that everywhere mm-hmm. I go. Yeah. How dare you take through like, you know, a sixty four ounce water. Oh. My goodness. Criminal. You know, they never even... No one ever even tried to blow up a plane with liquids. Or, Just yeah, or some yeah. chemists... No, some chemists figured out that you could make a bomb with liquids. And they were like, well, that's theoretically possible. Well, isn't it theoretically possible to, like, rub two dogs together really fast and then pour a liquid on them and blow them up too? What does that mean? Can't take dogs on. No dog rubbing. You can take lighters on. Couldn't you just, like, start a... A straw hat on fire and like throw it in the thing and make everyone choke to death on smoke or something. You know, there's no rhyme Pete, or reason. You sound like a terrorist. We're gonna have to cut this out. <laughs> All right, don't be giving people ideas. Uh, no straw hats allowed either now. Yeah, yeah. Can't even take on. I wonder. Could you take on a metal fork? No. Is that allowed? Yes. Nope. Yes. Yeah. Not a knife though. Yeah, Even a butter knife. Could you take a butter knife on? No. No. I feel like a fork is like a better weapon. It's like four little knives. I had a Swiss Army knife that they confiscated because it was a, a fork flip out. It did have a knife on it too, but I don't know. I think we're getting in the weeds with this one right now. Right, right well, now. I, w- I wonder. That was just a thought experiment that I had, so there we go. Uh, video games as adults. That's one thing they hit on. We know Joe's been addicted to Quake for a lot of his adult life and recently went back to it with his, like, you know, whole LAN party that he set up and realized that he was just stressing himself out and needed to get away from it. You know, I like video games. When you and I had our place together in um, Albuquerque, we played a lot of Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Super dope game. Excellent game. Or was it... No, what was it called? Advanced Warfare, I think. I get them all confused, to be honest. Yeah, we we had some great nights playing that for many, many hours. A lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So I get it. I get the appeal. Um, I never just got roped into it too hard, though. Nor have I. You know, I I guess I had my moments, but I, I... I just always saw it as like... I don't know. It just wasn't more fun than other stuff going on. It's like... You got to be around the right people, and it does, um, you know, it sucks away at the... Once I started stopped smoking weed heavily, I st- stopped video gaming. Correlation, potentially. Yeah, and the idea of watching other people online, I mean, I'm older now, so it's, like, less appealing maybe if I was more into games. And then the whole industry they're talking about where, like, really hot girls play video games, and then people are, like, all over watching that. It's just like, I I don't want to ruin your good time, kids, but, you know, get outside. More plates, more dates. Start working out. Good point. Stop yeah. doing that shit. Yeah, I've, if it, not that this is about what I'm up to, this is about what Derek's up to, but maybe we don't need any thirst traps on our phone either. Put your Instagram mm. on black and white, like he mentioned. Delete all the delete all the thirst traps. We don't need hotties on our phone. We don't need to be sexually attracted to our phone. Let's just live our life here in the now. 
Well, the power of OnlyFans, though, dude. God I mean, damn. That makes so much money. Maybe I should sell feet pics. Are we in? Uh, yep, let's go. let's go. I would like to know who they should do an award, award like ceremony for the person that spends the most money per year on OnlyFans. I would like to know what the most addictive person is up to. Well, the, I did what do you, see what do you reckon? Throw out a number. Oh, well, um, gosh, it must. I know a guy, rather, I just read a story about a, a Bitcoin millionaire who's spending upwards of a hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of dollars on one particular OnlyFans artist. So that's wow. out there. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. There is one guy, Grant Amato, who killed his whole family because he had spent all their money on an only on a on a uh, mattress actress, a cam girl. So it ruins lives. Wait, 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 wait. Why did he kill them all? Well, he had he was lying to them, and he in fact stole credit cards, lied about it, spent more than a hundred thousand dollars on a. Bulgarian or a Slovenian uh, cam model thinking they were in a relationship very Nuts. but it ruins lives whatever the story it ruins people's lives oh so when he got caught he was so ashamed he killed them all essentially and they were going to cut access to funds and cut access to the the, the uh, computer yeah, man so he, I bet she has a big house in Bulgaria? Yeah. How much is a Bulgarian house? That's blood money right there, though. I don't know. A couple well, of Bulgars? Is it her fault? No, it's not. I mean, she just... She wasn't asking for crazy people. She just wanted some money. Yeah. I think uh, to each their own, of course. But uh, let's try to curb our addictions. True. But I bet if you had a lot of Bitcoin money and you were, like, super awkward, you could probably get some of those... Ladies to come visit you with a f- nice donation to one of their nonprofit. Well, how much is a know, how much is an escort caught in Las Ve- escort caught cost in Las Vegas? Probably a thousand dollars. Hmm. Yeah. You could save some money. Save some money. Invest it in more Bitcoin and just like you know, hit the streets, hit the gym, try and hit the gym, work out, do some, spend that money on steroids. <laughs> Hair, hair, hair implants and steroids. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to hit Elon's interview in that New York Times event. Epic. It's been going around online. Basically, he was asked about Disney and some of these other, you know, woke companies pulling their ads from, um, the you know, X. Twitter yep. or X, formerly known. And he just said, go fuck yourself. You're going to blackmail me with, with money? Money? Yeah. He says it like, what is this? Yeah, money? The richest guy in the world. Money? He's like, what, what, what is this? And huh? he threatens them to do it. He, he would like them to do it. And it will fail, he says. If they pull all their... All their it, it's going to be a failed enterprise if they pull their money. And he said, and it's on you. You want this, don't you? Like, people want X. They want Twitter. And if it goes... People go, are going to be on it, dude. If it goes away... It's not his fault. It's the woke crowd's fault, or rather, the advertisers. I also like another. Th- I've got it. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I just, I, I just love the energy behind that. Me it's too. like, how much power do the advertisers think they have? Do they get to control all of the companies? 
You know, I don't know if you watched the interview recently where Dana White went on Theo Vaughn's podcast, which was amazing. I did. And Theo said that, um, yeah, they, uh, uh, Peloton pulled my, my, um, oh, they tr- ad they because, tried to- or they said they yeah. would if, if the RFK interview stayed up and it was like an old interview and this whole thing. So he did it and he was annoyed. Dana freaking lost his mind. If you guys haven't seen that, watch it. I'll put a link to the video of that in the bio so you guys have instant access actually it's so good stop listening to us we're idiots (laughs) and just click on it right now and and watch it it's like five minutes long dana loses his mind he's like get hey he gets one of his guys he's like do we have pelotons in the ufc gym guys like yeah we do i like him and he's like get him out of there throw him in the garbage he just says throw him in the garbage he doesn't want to sell him him. he just wants to throw him away trash him and then also talks mad shit about their ceo who also like just laid off 500 employees he's like that's the kind of guy that guy is which reasonable right just fired a bunch of people you asshole um legendary stance though like what dane has always been that guy too and you know you you see these companies over time just kind of like go with whatever's cool and this is why they all get more and more woke and the ufc didn't even shut down during covid everyone else had to shut down every sport everyone else said you can't do it and he said all right where can i do it what will you allow me to do we will buy an island and they did basically just fight it out on the island they did they had fight island near like abu dhabi it was literally one of the only sports that continued through the pandemic he just kept it going legend dude that he, he's love a, him or hate him, legend. Yeah. That's a guy that gets shit done. Yeah, I like Elon's stance on the whole thing too. Well, I think because of that, Elon gave him a Cybertruck recently, and he gave it away. He has like a he has like a raffle thing going, like a competition right now where Dana's given a given a Cybertruck away. Oh, awesome. and I'm sure it's connected. Yeah, I'm sure it's connected to this whole this whole like go fuck yourself. Ads. I like Elon's uh, attitude about the whole thing. He's he he says about the whole virtue signaling. I would rather be concerned with doing actual good to be concerned about being perceived to be doing actual good. So he's trying to do that. good things. Literally, do be a good person. Come on. Right. Well, he's attempting it. You know. Whereas you got someone like what's his name, Bill Gates, trying to push fake meat on you that's like made of nothing but seed oils and god knows what else yeah and disgusting yeah cricket meat it's just like does it does it sound like you're doing good are you really trying to improve people's health or are you trying to do something else that we can't figure out because he's rich enough and smart enough to to have been able to find out if that type of food was healthy or not and it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like he gives too much of a shit about the health of the individual eating that garbage. He doesn't look healthy anyway. It's Dude, like the stock on that that uh, what is it called that fake meat? Oh, Beyond Meat. Yeah, yeah, it's like down like ninety percent, dude. They have all it's kinds of litigation concerning crashed. that stuff. They have to. Their stockholders are pissed. Yeah. Well. What, what were you thinking? Why invest it? in that? Dumb Echo shit? chambers, people of that wealth 
potentially can be only surrounded by people they employ. Yes, manning and echoing their words. So he probably is in an echo chamber. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Let's finish up this one with with uh, Joe talking a little bit about his podcast and the production of it. I thought it was cool this came up, and I like the way Derek discusses, uh, you know, just has questions on, on the JRE. Like, he's comfortable. He's been on there a few times. He knows Joe likes him. They're friends. He doesn't have to tell. pretend to be anything. Yeah, he's a good dude. And, and, um, he, and he just wanted to know. He was like, you know, you guys run this, like, pretty low production and it's and it's comfortable um there's not a bunch of people walking around even though it's the biggest show ever he's been on other shows where like there's four guys running the camera and it's like try and stay in this little zone and none of that we got jamie who's a genius just like doing like the job of three men at least and it was cool to hear some of the backstory of how jamie and and joe met and it seemed pretty chill it was like just a a, like a random encounter at a comedy show where they started talking to each other and then boom joe was like hell yeah it was audio production we need it yeah it's cool we don't we don't get enough behind the scenes no and jamie jamie i had no idea about jamie's involvement i've only ever heard the podcast with him on there I don't really know much about the precursing precursors there. It was cool to hear. Well, it was yeah. Before him, it was uh, it was Red Band. So Red Band made it. Who does the Kill Tony show now? And Red Band's on all the time on Rogan. And um, yeah, I think it was just that Joe needed to kind of step up his game with the pod. Obviously, I mean, when something's worth a hundred million dollars for a contract, you got to take it seriously. Um, I like that they don't and, overproduce. And, it is perfect, essentially. Well, it's perfectly set up for a really good conversation. You know, they're not trying to, like, get that soundbite. They're not trying to get that hilarious one-minute clip. Yeah. Like, they're not trying to put in different segments. I mean, it, it's really like nothing else that's been created in radio and or podcasting. People have tried to copy it and emulate it but they just don't do it the same way as joe and this is why year after year i mean just recently like i think the global podcast charts came out and again rogan is clear number one and there's good reason if it ain't broke why would you fix it why would he change anything exactly and he mentions howard stern as being one of the forerunners and how he's fallen Mm -hmm. he's fallen off because he's not the same guy he was in the 80s. Rogan doesn't try to get crazy sexual, which was Howard Stern's thing, basically. It was just all weird sex stuff on his show. Well, yeah, he was, like, super wild and super against the grain and then somehow became, like, really woke and really concerned about getting sick with the pandemic and telling everyone what they needed to do, which is like anti-Howard Stern, and then ultimately just painting and hanging out with his cats. So I feel like he lost he lost touch. Maybe his mind, even. He lost touch. But let's not take anything away from Howard. He was a legend. He's, he was legend, a king. Legend, always will be. And he made... He, he really, in a lot of ways, opened the... You know, him, Opie and Anthony, I mean, they created 
what we see so much of with with podcasts now so gotta give him their dues but yeah he's a bit nuts all right well we'll call it there uh listen to the dc one if you're a big fan of um anything ufc we're not going to touch on it because we're running out of time but yeah dc's great um always fantastic to have him on love anything that him and joe do live at the ufc and just some good insights with upcoming fights and their training the rest of it check it out it's worth it um thank you all for listening as always we appreciate you we love you we care for all of you peter pleasure to see you my friend namaste bro yep. was that a japanese bow oh no that was more yoga indian okay love it all right later guys bless y'all bye